Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. All right, Simon, I do have to say from the get-go, I was at the premiere at the cemetery back in August at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Such a magical <laughs> evening. And I had to, you know, represent with my that oh bathrobe. <laughs> Amazing. I, along, along with the film, this was the highlight of the evening, getting to walk away with Adam Driver's bathrobe. Yes. yes. We all, we've all we've all dreamt of getting a, a, a towel <laughs> Adam. Yeah. But yes, I have them all over my house. So uh, I feel like I'm at home talking to you. Yeah. Nice. But that was such a great evening being able to watch the film under the stars for sure. Yeah. And over the dead. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it was, it was, that really was one of the best um, premieres I've ever been to. It just, it felt, it felt magical. And it, and they also, they gave us little blankets with candy and yeah. everything you could ever want. Right. Yeah. Well, it was an absolutely beautiful film. Um, your performance was definitely one of the highlights, if not the highlight for me and the film. But I wanted to I'll get into that in a little bit. But I wanted to start off by asking how this project came to you. Um, very similar, obviously, to your previous performance in Florence Foster Jenkins in the sense that it's very musical. So is that sort of how Leos kind of um, found out about you and thought you'd be the right part for this? Or h- how did this project sort of come to you? Leos has not seen a movie <laughs> that has come out this decade. Okay. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, well, I kind of thought in some ways I was concerned it would be too similar because it's a, it's a little like the underbelly of Florence Foster Jenkins, yeah. um, uh, the, the, the redheaded stepchild. But I, no, Leos, um, he's a very enigmatic man and you never know what's kind of real or not in the sense of I can never tell if he's, just not saying things or creating an air of just intrigue and mystery because he's very quiet and he's he's the sweetest guy uh but when i first met him he was he was so quiet um that i just i thought there was no chance he was gonna ask me to join uh the movie and he almost didn't apparently he was just not impressed um because not much impresses him he just he didn't he basically he explained that the actors were kind of getting in the way of his vision because he usually writes, I guess, the movies and he writes them for actors and he didn't know how to like cast, you know, he didn't know how to how to do it in the other way where, where he's not writing for the person where he has to bring a person to then fulfill his vision of it. Um, so apparently he didn't know how to do that with humans. Uh, maybe that's why there's <laughs> the puppet in the movie, but, uh, yeah. but when I heard about it, um, I fought tooth and nail to even just get, uh, scene for it um and they were only interested in european citizens and so i did what any actor would do and lied and said i was becoming uh, a european citizen uh and they let me send in a tape and laos from you know whatever sort of underground bunker in france that he was in with no electricity or whatever i, I thought i'd never hear from him again because they're right. like well, he doesn't have a cell phone or, which is not really true. I think there was, he just, there was like a built up kind of image of him, but he watched it immediately. And um, we ended up meeting in New York, but, uh, but because I had told them that I was becoming a French citizen, I actually had to become a French citizen. Um, and it involved all of these, you know, hoops and international war crimes and other <laughs> kinds of mischief. Uh, but I eventually got the passport. And uh, yeah, it was two years from the time that I even saw the script and 
Um, so needless to say, I, I really, really wanted to be a part of it. I think Laos is uh, just a, a singular visionary genius and, and so are Adam and Marianne and so are Sparks. So, um, so uh, yeah, it worked out. I'm not in jail and um, I got to be in the, this fantastic film. And there's no greater showcase of commitment than actually applying for citizenship in a foreign country. <laughs> so that, that's such a cool story. Um, I'd love to know, because this is obviously following your last um, um, film a few years ago in Florence Foster Jenkins, where you're showcasing your very talented musical chops. Um, is this something that you love, you know, now doing in, in these films? Or is there any nervousness there in now being typecast and <laughs> pigeonholed into that oh. <laughs> one thing of being the pianist? Or... Yeah. Well, when you said nervousness, I was like, yes, always. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, about being typecast? Well, that too, sure. I mean, um, luckily I have control, I guess, yeah. over some of those things. And, and other parts of it, I guess I don't, which is also lucky. So um, if I could be typecast for the rest of my life playing these kinds of roles um, with these kinds of filmmakers and actors, uh, I absolutely would take that, um, those golden handcuffs. But uh but yeah, I mean, I also, I, I really am not interested in repeating myself. I don't feel like this movie did, but I can see where you start to like certain boxes get checked, uh, you know, that are, that are the same and you want to say, okay, I, I may want to make a left turn here. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's the thing that intrigues me the most about, you know, uh, moving forward, I think in my career is uh, opportunities to play characters that I've never played or to try things that I've never tried. And um, that's, you know, it's hard to find those kinds of things, especially at this level. But, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll set the bar high. Yeah. And something that you definitely have never done before is being caught in this love triangle with your character um, alongside these two amazing actors with Adam <laughs> Driver and Marion Cotillard. Tell me what it was like sort of stepping into this character, um, working alongside these two. And also what was the guidance like from Laos and sort of the intent and motivation of your character as you um, prepared for this role? Um, well, there really wasn't a lot of conversation going into it. Um, there was an email <laughs> that Leo sent with a picture of Peter Laurie. Um, and he wrote the word melancholy. And that was kind of his instruction to me. And there was a quote from a book um, by Anita Bruckner called Look at Me. And he didn't even tell me where it was from. I had to Google the quote and find out what, you know, it's very uh, abstract. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that kind of carried throughout, which was the conversations were, were um, somewhat, sometimes very uh, exacting and almost uh, from like the through the lens of like a choreographer almost about just closing your mouth or not moving your eyebrows or tilting your head this way or having your hand, you know, relax or these kinds of, these kinds of notes. But um, yeah, it, it was, uh, but that, that was, so, so sometimes it would go that way. And sometimes we would have conversations also just about uh, the despair, like in the scene where I'm conducting, you know, it was, we did a lot of like Leos took me by a window one time and, he wanted to talk to me, but he ended up just smoking a cigarette and we sat. Um, so I was doing a lot of trying to interpret uh, too. Um, but I knew when he, I knew when he didn't have what he wanted. Um, and it, it, there was something 
very actually uh, somewhat liberating about it because I knew that he had a very clear vision and I just was trying to find it. Um, mm-hmm. And it never felt like I was being, while things could be kind of meticulous, it never felt, I never felt like I was being really just placed there and molded into something that I had no agency over. So, um, you know, he's an artist and uh, um, I guess I was just like a, a swatch of paint. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but I kind of got to choose the colors, I guess, of the paint. Um, and then you look at the movie and you look at Leos's work and it's just to be, to be a part of it is, is such a, a gift. And Adam, you know, is, um, and Marion um, are just obviously tremendous. Um, I, I, you know, for me, Adam has been one of my favorite actors since I saw him, which I guess was probably girls was, was, was the first place, but I followed him closely and not quite stalking, but almost uh, in, in that arena. And yeah, I, I think he's just one of the most honest and electrifying actors that I, I've ever seen. So I, when you get to work with somebody like that, you know, it elevates you and it's exciting and it's, it's, it's new every time. And, and there's a sense of danger to all of it. So um, yeah, so that, that was kind of the, the going into it. And in terms of the character, um, you know, I, it, I had a lot of leeway to, to, to create this guy. Um, and, uh, and if I was wrong, I, I would, be given a certain kind of French side eye. Um, but if I was right, you know, we would move on. Um, and, uh, you know, so I, I, I felt uh, it was an invigorating process the yeah. whole way through. And obviously the film's been out for a couple of months now, but still not to give anything away. You, you get so close with Adam later on in the film and it, things get so physical. Um, can you walk me through sort of those moments towards the end of the film where um, you know, it does get very intense, very, in terms of the emotions and very physical. Is that something you've done before? If not, was it new territory that you sort of had to learn to do in acting? Um, well, I haven't ever, you know, a lot of this was new. I mean, from the conducting, yeah. um, which, you know, required a, a tremendous amount of work. Um, and I worked with the assistant conductor for the LA opera and, uh, conductor named Tim Davies who worked on the film and um, just studied endless amounts of videos. And, and so there was that <laughs> insane undertaking and, mm-hmm. and puppeteering ended up making its way into to, to my resume too, somehow throughout the, the, the shooting of the movie. And, um, and singing is something I haven't really uh, done a, a ton of on, on film. Actually, I've never, I've never had any, um, been a part of any musicals uh, on film. So there was that element. And then you of course combine it with this, the physicality that came along with that scene at the end and trying to sing underwater, which I, I think has never been done. Um, so yeah, I, I've, you know, I, I, it was, it was kind of the apex of maybe a, a, a million things that I've dabbled in um, from some combat, some singing, some swimming, uh, but never all at the same time and never, you know, with, um, somebody like Adam. So uh, there, there was something very vulnerable about every moment of making this movie, um, partially because what was being asked of us was so challenging. Um, and then of course the caliber of the people and the difficulty of just accomplishing these tasks or the, the, the songs specifically. Um, and Leos did this, you know, I mean, you see Mariana swimming while she's singing or they're, you know, fucking while singing, mm-hmm. or there's, you know, you're playing the piano with, with a puppet on your lap or conducting, but crying and, 
speaking without moving your lips. It, it, was, it really had this kind of, um, you know, it was uh, consistently that, you know, kind of multitasking to the nth degree where really at the end of the day, all you can do is it, it takes you right out of your head, which is great. And you end up being really just this open vein, um, which is, is kind of incredible. But yeah, I, I, no, I have, I have never been drowned by Adam while trying to sing. Um, yeah. So that, that was, I can check that off my bucket list. Yeah. And lots of uncharted territory, as you mentioned with this yeah. project, which is, which is great to see. Um, you mentioned the um, scene where you're conducting one of my favorite moments in the entire film. I just love the, the raw emotions that you were bringing to that. I thought it was very humorous at times when you'd be like, hold on a moment. And then you just went into your conducting um, and you took a break from sort of your internal monologue that you were um, providing to the audience. I, I just loved everything about that scene. And it was truly a highlight for me. Um, can you walk me through the preparation for that moment in the film? Yeah, I mean, so I, I talked a little about some of the preparation with conducting, um, but uh, yeah, nothing really could have prepared me for that. Um, again, the, the whole process had a little, <laughs> a, a little bit of ambiguity, um, putting it mildly, I, I would say in terms of what we were ever really going to do, was I ever really going to be conducting an orchestra? Yeah. Uh, were we, was it, were they really going to be playing or was I, were we really going to be singing live or were we going, it, it just, it, but it, you know, and you get there and they, Leo says, okay, yeah, you know, we're going to do this in one shot and the camera's going to go around and there's your orchestra and, you know, lead them. Um, and, and again, that, that was, um, I think part of what created a, for me, and I think at, for looking at the film, a little bit of this, um, this precipice that it's living on the entire time. I mean, it's kind of, it's, there's some big, bold, um, swings in this movie. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So for, for me, you know, I, I, I really always try to, um, essentially just be as prepared, you know, to the point of almost probably un, an unhealthy, uh, level maybe at times, but I, I feel like, you know, you're going to get to set and there's going to be as, as many distractions as you can possibly fathom. And, and most of which you can never foresee. So, you know, I, you want to be ready. And I, 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 for me, it was about learning everything I could about conducting and then about actually how a conductor would approach that piece. And I poured over the orchestral score and um, really learned how to conduct. I conducted two pieces in the movie and I just, I learned how to, to conduct those. Um, and it, it was just endless drilling until it really is in your DNA to the point that, you know, someone could shoot a t-shirt gun, uh, you know, in your face and right. in the middle of a take, um, and you are able to continue, uh, your, your job and you have to have it just, um, you know, to, to the point that it's second nature. So I, I think, um, this movie really tested all of that. I, again, you know, you can, you can really be great in your, <laughs> in your dressing room before you go on, but it's, it's about, it's about the moment um, that the cameras are rolling. And, and when that pressure is on and in a, in a case like this, where they're trying to get it all in one or, um, you know, Adam's throwing you into a, a piece of patio furniture and shoving yeah. it in the water. It's, it is a bit like training at a high altitude, I think, before you get there. So, um, 
you know, and then of course there's just the hair, uh, these conductors and their hair. Um, yeah. Uh, so. And your hair definitely worked for this role as a conductor <laughs> with like flinging it black back and forth like that. That was so yeah. great. Yeah. Well, it was this, it was a strange, you know, there's like these like Gustavo Dudamel and Bernstein yeah. and Herbert von Karajan, all these guys. Right. It was such a, it's such a funny um, commonality between all them, but there, you know, there are, there, there are the conductors that are performers and then there are the conductors that are more technicians or have a bit more of a technical kind of dry quality to them and um and there's all these different styles and um and you know I, I tried to find for me uh the way into this particular character and there's definitely some dudamel curls going on but um I was gonna say you definitely sold me as a as a pro as a dudamel by just <laughs> multitasking with the acting and the conducting and the even, yeah even, it, even the tears at the end you know just well, and that was something it, that was, it was it was wild because leos he knew when he wanted the tears he knew right. when, when the, you, the camera's here you feel your eyes are closed when they open that's when i want the tears and i want your mouth closed here and you went up on this part of the line i want you to come down i want you to tie the words together lift your hand up here you know it was all like so some of it really was um like being choreographed um but then like, like i was saying too it was between these takes we would really he would just kind of talk to me about the the despair or what this meant to you know what what the love of Anne really was to my character, but only in very kind of monosyllabic you know mumblings. Um, and mm -hmm. but I could feel him. It was it was a kind of an odd like through osmosis. And I don't know that scene to me accomplishes something that I is is just so insane, which is that it, it's like it feels as though. It, it feel, it, I mean, what I felt like I was being asked to do was to speak my inner monologue, which was yeah. like almost to talk without talking um, yeah. while conducting and while crying. Um, so, you know, and that was kind of what this movie was throughout. It was always, like I said, it, it was just this like multifaceted thing, each scene that felt impossible every time. And I guess when you, you know, when you're trying to do something that seems impossible, even if you come up a little short, it, it's still pretty worthwhile. Yeah. And what you mentioned before, just the nonverbal communication just fits back with what you said earlier and that you didn't even need to really talk to Leos that much. You could just sense what he wanted from you by, yeah. you know, his mannerisms or just yeah. the way he was coming across. That's so cool. Um, yeah. Love that scene. I think that scene and the last scene with Devin McDowell, who's such a breakout oh. in this film. Um, those are just the two highlights for me in this entire film. I wanted to sort of um, segue to my last Annette question, which was working opposite this inanimate object, such as the doll character. There had to have been some challenges or obstacles in, you know, performing in such a realistic and emotional way, which you do, but working opposite someone that's not giving you anything back, which I feel like is really <laughs> integral, you know, in acting. Um, walk me through sort of those challenges. And this is kind of a two-parter. So that's the first part. But the second part is, you know, being at that premiere at the cemetery where you're surrounded by thousands of people during those, you know, very surreal moments with the doll, it definitely elicited, I think, a lot of um, a lot of laughter or a lot of absurdity. Is that kind of what the hope was in, you know, having sort of the emotional intent for people to react in such a like, whoa, what's going on here? Was there that level of suspension of disbelief that you hoped audiences would get from the doll? Well, I, I think that whatever the audience gets from this film is actually what they're supposed to, yeah. to walk away with. I, I don't mean to sound glib, but I no, yeah. think that that is, you know, 
um, part of what the movie's playing with, which is, you know, hey, we're going to give you this kind of Brechtian prologue. You're about to watch a movie. Um, there's going to be murders and then there's a puppet. And there's no pretense that this is 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 naturalism or, or is a, any kind of reality exactly. Yeah. So I think it's playing in some ways with that idea and, and the, you know, the, the artifice and, and, you know, we get moved all the time watching movies or listening to music that doesn't, or looking at a piece of art or whatever it may be that, that doesn't feel real, but it, it's, it speaks on to us on some other level. So I feel like in terms of the, the puppet, I think, you know, um, yeah, I, I think that kind of speaks to that. But um, for me, it was, uh, it, it, it was, I feel like when I went to go meet <laughs> the puppet, um, yeah. I I was actually strangely very moved uh, in the in that moment when I saw these the puppeteers um, Estelle and, and Ramuel. They have worked their whole life at this craft and um, actually making this particular puppet for years. And there's even a, a kind of they pioneered a certain mechanism with her that I guess has never been done or that they had never attempted and it was very very precious you know obviously this is their their livelihood and so handing her to me um actually had a very similar quality to uh looking after a child it was something that was tender and it was kind of precarious and it was unknown and it was um it had a real profound quality and, and impact on me and, and I feel like that was what I took into the scene, you know, and there's a lot of that that aligns with the film and with the story, which is like this is something so unfamiliar, but so, um, but, but, but so tender. Uh, and this connection, you know, with my character and this girl, uh, there's, there's definitely something very foreign and new and uncharted about it, but, um, but there's also a, a real, need for his his protection and his love and that was kind of how I felt actually being asked to operate this puppet was to I felt the the actual obligation to give life to this creature on screen which I had no experience doing and I had to do it in front of the people who worked their whole life doing that um so I felt you know a, a responsibility to them and um and they were trying to explain it to me in French so there, there was something about that whole, uh, the whole experience that, again, it, it was very, um, it really lived in this, this kind of danger zone um, in a real, there was a real raw uh, uh, vulnerability to, to all of it that I, I think actually enhanced those scenes. Um, mm -hmm. If I, it really to be, and not to mention that you could never have you know, a, an actual little baby girl doing half the things that, that was asked uh, of Annette. But um, yeah, yeah, that was at least my experience as an actor. I feel like not only did it not, was it not stifled in any way? I actually think it was, um, I actually think it was enhanced by it. Uh, and uh, also working with child actors is a real pain. Um, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but it adds also another level too, you know, like there's technicalities and you're trying to play the piano and there's a puppet and yeah. resting on your arm and there's a puppeteer here. And, you know, where I was asked at certain times to actually operate 
her and but Leos likes to shoot, you know, around or behind. So they, they had to take away the actual like gears and the the mechanism to operate her. So I had to hide my hand behind her neck and oh wow kind of turn it but discreetly and you know it was um it was really uh it 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 had this the collaboration on this movie was unlike I'd say anything I've ever been a part of. Um and so yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, there's a lot of love in the room when everyone's leaning on each other that much. That's yeah. Right. And just so much that you're needing to juggle with, in addition to just worrying about your performance, just needing to yeah. worry about handling the puppet and all of that. That That's crazy. Um, well, I just want to, I had one last question after this, yeah, but to wrap up, Lynette, I do want to just congratulate you on the film. I think that you know, your performance in this definitely, to me, is a definition of a superb supporting performance in a film where you're not in every scene, you're sprinkled throughout, but every moment you are in the scene, you own the scene and you're the you're the scene stealer, if you will. Um, I, you. I Truly, you were a highlight of the film for me and Thank I loved you. your performance. Um, I do want to close out by just asking about upcoming projects you're working on. There's two I have in mind and if you have any others, feel free to share, but very interested in this um, project you're working on alongside your former Big Bang co-star Maya Bialik. This is her feature film directorial debut where you're working alongside Dustin Hoffman, Candace Bergen, Diana Agron, a, a really amazing cast, As Sick As They Made Us, I believe it's called. Um, what can you share about that? And then also I believe um, Kira Sedgwick is also having yeah. a directorial efforts space oddity with yeah. Kevin Bacon and Carrie Preston. So if you could share about these two projects, that would be great. Yeah, I, I finished shooting them um, a few months ago. I have not, I think they're still in post uh, production with them. So I haven't seen them, but um, the experience was tremendous, very different uh, scope and scale than Annette. But again, getting to work alongside heroes, um, working you know with Dustin Hoffman, who's been one of my absolute idols uh, for, for most of my life was... Yeah. Um, it was not just a, a joy, but um, I, I felt in some ways like I got this real front row seat to a masterclass with, uh, you know, with, with, with the best there is. Um, I know he also did a masterclass and I'm not talking about that one. This was, this was my private one, but uh, yeah. it was, um, yeah, I learned, I learned a lot. Um, and I also had just a, a fantastic time, but Dustin is uh, somebody who is, at his age and, and at the amount of the body of work he's done is still, at least to me, seems as curious as ever, which is a quality that I think is really important. Um, the exploratory nature of being an actor, but like exploring it when the camera is on, um, which Adam is also a, a genius at, but, you know, really just trying to mine the truth and, and it brings out a playfulness and, and Dustin to see him, and to be part of it uh, was so thrilling, um, and I can't I can't wait to see it. Um, and can, then, you uh, can you share what the projects are about and how your um, oh, characters sort of fit into the storylines? Yeah, um, well, so that one is is uh, you know a, a semi autobiographical um, take on Mayim's childhood, um, which is dysfunctional to put it mildly, and um, and I play her brother who. Uh, is estranged from the family and when the father um begins to decline um cognitively and physically uh there's a there, there's a, a bit of a, a 
a, a coming together, I, I should say, that that uh, happens in in kind of his the final throes of his his life, um, and it really is about that how the family can and cannot, um, I guess, be reunited and. Um, and then uh, in um, Space Oddity, totally different kind of film, um, but, uh, but also kind of a, a family yeah. dramedy in some ways. And um, I play a Russian farmer. Uh, I'm a flower farmer. Uh, we, we shot that in Rhode Island. And, um, and I, I work uh, for this family um, who uh, has had a tragedy um, in the not so distant past. And kind of as a reaction to that, their son is going to join um, this project where he is going to colonize Mars. He's going to be part of the first group of people who go to Mars, um, but that's where he will die because they don't have enough, the, they don't have the technology or the means to ultimately get these people back from Mars. And so it's really about trying to set up a, um, a future for, you know, the inhabitants of our dying planet um, to move to a no another planet. But of course, he'll be sacrificing himself um, for for that cause. And uh, and and it's, it's all it's not a science fiction movie in any way. It's, okay. it's played very um, kind of in, in like the vein of ordinary people or something. But but that's kind of yeah. the, the backdrop is uh, has to do with with colonizing Mars. Um, so uh, and yeah, and, and the, that that I also have not had a chance to see it, but um, uh, Kira is just a wonderful firecracker and a lovely person and was in, very exciting to to work with um uh and yeah I'm 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 eagerly awaiting uh an invite to uh to a screening somewhere when when they're when they're done so they're I know they're probably still like in the middle of it but yeah and and these sound like these sound like anticipated projects for audiences to see you know having directorial debuts of Maya Bialik and I believe Kira Cedric this is also yeah. her debut um this is very um interesting and I think a lot of people are excited to see these when they come out um yeah and we have a lot to see more from you also with these projects um well Simon thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me congrats again on Annette um so excited to see you know what you have coming up with these and others um but yeah have a great rest of your day thanks Max I really appreciate it Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening.